to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. It's that time of the day where we literally, literally go beyond the pulpit. The man of God is in the building, so I'm super excited. Let me tell you who is with me today. We have uh, Apostle M. Jezile. Uh, the, the Apostle was born in the Eastern Cape province and he moved to Pretoria. He is married to Gloria Jezile for the past 26 years. He is the vision barrier and the founder of Alta uh, Ministries located in the West of Pretoria. He matriculated and further obtained his tertiary qualification in public relations and in the quest for self-development and equipping of the church. He completed um, advanced certificate in building local churches at, at the University of Pretoria. He oversees several churches around South Africa, being called and ordained to the apostolic office. He plans and equips churches for establishment and expansion of the kingdom of God. Oh, man of God. How are you, man of God? Oh, oh just two seconds. How are you doing, man of God? Hi, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And how are you doing? I am blessed. Uh, thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. I mean, I'm just going through your profile. I'm like, yay, yay, yay. There is a lot, there is a lot, there is a lot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the lot. That's a lot's work. Absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So oh. how was your day, sir? The day is hectic. Mm -hmm. uh, we're busy preparing conferences because mm. uh, mm. I'm here I'm leaving the women's conference starting a church so it's been hectic preparations sure yeah we are absolutely honored and blessed to have you I'm blessed to be here <laughs> lovely lovely so it's women's mm. month and one of the things about you is that when you say it's been busy it's been hectic I can attest to it I literally see the apostle statuses every day. Poster, 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 poster. <laughs> I'm like, Ivo. <laughs> I think I even asked you, I'm like, what is, are you going to be able to make it? And you said, yes, you know. Uh, but sure. Yeah, no, it's about time management. Mm. We call to minister to people, so mm. what to make that time. We can't complain when we are busy with the work of God. Mm. Mm. But how do you, you know, I, I, I like shooting straight to it, right? Mm -hmm. How do you strike that balance? Because sometimes I've seen and I can attest to being one of those people who was working in the house of the, I was doing this, that, 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 that. And then I find that not only do I not rest, mm -hmm. uh, but also I was, I, I, I even felt that I'm overdoing it. I'm draining myself. I'm not spending time with the family. I'm not spending time with my son. And... I'm exhausted. You, you can strike the balance because one of the things you need to master early in ministry is to do ministry with your family. Sure. So when you do ministry with your family, so most of the time you are with them. When I travel, mm. I travel with my wife. So mm. uh, one of my sons is in the ministry, is music director in church. So where I am, family is there. Yeah. And again, at my age... I don't really have a small child at home. Mm. You know. mm. so it but makes it uh, that balance, you must make sure you, you, you master that early in ministry. Sure. Because it's key. Actually, the mm. first church is your family. You, if 
you, if you mess up that, you can't expect to get it right in a church setup. Sure. So that is very key, that question. I think many of us, we should, we should answer it in our personal space. Mm. And if you can't answer it properly, then you need to sit back and pause. Mm. Uh, because later, it's going to come back and, and, and bite you. Sure. Yeah, you find that there's a lot of things that filter through that gap mm. that you are away with everybody else but not with your family. Sure. You can't even share the excitement of the fa- of a ministry with your wife if it's not part of that journey. Wow. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> nuggets, nuggets and fundies. So as the first stress you are gonna deal with your wife. Mm. Because it's it's very very it's very key yeah it's key like key because the the the, the woman embodies the church mm. so if you get it wrong with the woman that you have at home you can't get it right <laughs> with the woman which is the church you can't you'll create you'll create a competition of these two women fighting for yourself then that's poor stewardship wow poor stewardship. You can't do ministry if you can't master that mm. area. Yeah. Mm. God started like that in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. He started it like that. Yes. That the first church was a family, no keyboard, nothing. Yeah. God yeah. with Adam and Eve. Yeah. And God was coming down because that family structure was intact. Mm. He would come down from heaven to the garden because Adam kept the garden to a, and, and to a level where it God didn't feel the difference between being in the garden and being in heaven. So that's one thing we cannot neglect as men of God. If we do so, sooner or later it's going to come back because that's having foundational principles wrong. Sure. Got to get that right. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I feel like I'm in Bible college altogether. (sighs) Wow, that's absolutely beautiful, Mpunis. I love that. I love mm. the aspect that you're bringing because uh, a lot of the times we do say family first, but we've never really, or I've never really had somebody to explain it the way that you're explaining it, that it is the core and foundation. And even, you know, this illustration that you're giving us now, that mm. even in Genesis, God would leave heaven and, and come, come to the to garden. A, and come to the garden. Yeah. And there was no difference because it was the same standard. Exactly. So in order to get it right, you need to keep the standards the same, the principles the same. As it was in the as beginning. As it was in the beginning. Yeah. Mfundisi, now my question is, and uh, say now I'm called and my husband is not called, or you know, my future husband is not called. Mm. How do I then strike that balance? Because you want to keep it uh, within the family. And yes, maybe he's a man of God. He serves in the church. But the calling, because I've found or I've seen, even heard testimonies and stories of so many females female ministers who even enjoy a certain amount of abuse from their husbands who serve along with them in the church but mm. because of the calling um, you know they found that it doesn't balance and the women found themselves in the side where they are oppressed to a point that they even suppr- they feel they have to suppress the calling in order to maintain the marriage mm. I think the, f- the the first line would be that when did you know you are called? That's that's where it begins. Mm. Secondly, who must know about your calling? Mm. It can't be only be God because God calls you for people. Yeah. So the first people will be the people that you are staying with. Mm. I I feel the call of God. I have a vision 
this is my vision. Mm. Then the when and the whys will be coming now. When do you mm. think you need to execute the vision? Mm. Why are you yielding to this calling? What is going to be needed mm. for this to come into fruition? That's those questions you cannot neglect at all. Just like even if it was a husband that is called and not the wife, mm. you are obligated to sit down with your wife. This is what I'm feeling. Yeah. This is how, this is when. That is key. Communication is not talking. Communication sure. is to need another person's participation mm. in this. And he or she is allowed to say, you know what, this does not make sense to me. I'm afraid. Mm. What if, what if, and what if. Once you iron out those what ifs and what mm -hmm. and when and mm. why, you'll find that, that this person is able to support you. The sure. problem is to assume because you use God has called me and everybody's going to queue up into that, mm. it's not going to be like that. It was not a conference call. No, no, it's not going to be like that. So that is why you've got to be sensitive. Remember we said in the beginning, that's your mm. first church. Mm. You can't be celebrated outside and be tolerated at home. You've you, you got to make sure that you get it right with the people around you. You got the buy, just like you would sell the vision to the yeah. church because from time to time, we have vision month. When we start the year, we sell the vision. Mm. You, if you mm. must have to do that at church, why can't you do that with your family? Mm. Take it further than that. If you are in a home, every home should be driven by a vision. We mm. should be communicated mm. uh, in, in, in certain intervals, timelessly, whether the first beginning of the year, how far we are, where mm. are we going, what do we need, mm. what do we... Do we need to do add-ons, finances, what is needed? The communication yeah. is key. Yeah. Other than that, you will sit with assumptions. And sure. then assumptions that are not communicated cannot be met. Wow. That's just a, a principal relationship. Mm. I like the aspect of communication that you bring in for Nisuguti. Communication is the other person cannot agree. Sometimes it happens that they don't agree exactly. with what you're saying and they oppose it. And would it be right to say if then I'm put in a position where we don't go past the what-ifs if I choose God over everything else because clearly this is not going to work. You will choose God at the end of the... You were mm. not uh, wanting your wife's approval. Mm. You were telling her this is mm. where and how and mm. why is it going to be happening. Mm. So you can't park your vision when God says now because mm. you want your wife to get it right. Mm. She might never get it right. It might never make sense. Remember mm. calling her issues of faith. Issues of like the, the, the ifs of what if it does not work. Immediately it falls within the emotions yeah. and we don't fall into emotions. We communicate this not because I want to report to God mm. I'm taking it or I'm not taking it. Yeah. But I want you to know this is the course this God the wants us yeah. to take. So I need your support. Yes, it might make no sense. It might cost us. But journey with me. Let's mm. believe God for this one. It always, like, it's always going to be like that. Sure. Even when she says, I agree, mm. there are going to be dimensions in a calling where your calling mm. uh, is now moving from one level of glory to mm. another where mm. you need to mm. pull her along mm. to say, you know what, this is the direction that we have to take now. Yeah. It might need more finances. It might need... A, a lot of project management. Mm. It might need 
a lot of faith mm. to believe God for the next level of your call. No calling remained the same. Yeah. You might have had God for your first step, mm. but as he journeys with you, as like he said to Abraham, walk with me and be yeah. blameless. I will show you the country mm. that I'm taking you. So from the beginning of your calling, it might make no sense. You might also not show where mm. I'm going, but you had God saying, take these steps. And they become clarified and defined as you take your walk with him. Sure. I love that. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, I, I was never ready for this. <laughs> complete, I, I feel like it's taking a different turn. And I, I love it when the Holy Spirit changes the plans, you know, because the Bible is very clear and simple. Mm. And man plans, but, you know, only God executes uh, the purpose that he has definitely, for us. Definitely. Um, you have been married for 26 years. I can already tell, and <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go into too many things. I can already tell. Communication, check. Uh, <laughs> you've got that. Partnership, check. You've mm. got that. Um, one thing you just said now is that you need to do ministry with your with your family. Uh, and bo- both your son and your, your wife are in ministry with you. Yes. Um, now, taking it back to you, Mpunisi, did you have to uh, convince them or have this conversation that we're having with them? Or w- was it something that your wife felt as well? No, it didn't have to be a lot of convincing mm. because we came to salvation with my wife more or less the same time. Mm. You know, mm. So we grew together. Yeah. So all the levels and dimensions of my growth mm. in the kingdom of God, she's been there. Mm. Unlike somebody who's going to be joining you and you have yeah. to explain who you are, where you're coming yeah. from and also get her side of the story. Mm. So with us, we're almost uh, growing together. Mm. I'm in a full-time ministry. My wife is still uh, at work, but there is that mm. synergy yeah. of knowing where will I be, how must she manage her diary mm. so that most of the time we are there together. Mm. You know? So it was never a struggle with me now getting the children in the ministry as well seems to be a problem especially you know we've had pastors who are pks you know pastors kids mm. and you know the all usually and i i like what you've brought in now when you said family begins in the family at home mm. but usually what we've had is that even pastors themselves say they didn't want to answer this call because of what they've seen from their parents they didn't want to serve because They've seen how church would take away their father. And this is the balance that you were talking about mm. earlier. Now, you have a son. And I know with um, we, we even see in the Bible the example where the sons are in the church. They're serving in the church. But instead of doing the Lord's work, they're doing their own things. Uh, we, we've seen it quite a lot in our communities where the children, yes, some of them are there in the church, but they're doing their own things. How are you getting it right with your son? I think uh, the first, uh, what you need to do is to be real. Mm. You know, your children must know that you are, you are a father to them at home. You are yeah. a pastor to them at church. Yeah. Same applies with your wife. You are mm. a husband at home. Mm. Then you are a pastor at church. Once mm. those lines are clear, mm. then dealing with your children, you don't deal with your children as a pastor. Yeah. You deal with them as a father. Mm. And you allow them also not to feel that I'm a PK, but... I am a child, I have a father that Mm. I can go to and ask anything else. But they have to know that here the foundation is Jesus Christ. Mm. The Mm. governance is the principles Mm. that we derive from the word of God. Mm. That doesn't make things difficult. 
also you don't have to pressure your children yeah. and want them to be perfect in mm. doing things. Mm. Let them do things as you parent them. Again, mm. you keep changing your parenting style as they grow. Yeah. In the beginning, they will follow you to church just because yeah. you are their parents. But yeah. there comes a time where you have to present the gospel that they receive Jesus Christ for themselves mm. now, not because they follow you yeah. and their mother. But now they understand Jesus Christ for themselves. Mm. That is very, very key. So that they participate in church, not mm. because we just want to please our father mm. and our mother, but we want to please God. Sure. No longer about my mother and my father. Sure. I love that. I love that. And I think that's where a lot of us are missing it, you know, because we still want to enforce, we still want to, in my house, you know, this way or the highway. But I love how you are bringing this diversity that you need to always continually change the parenting of course. style. I mean, I don't have to still teach my son how to crawl because he can run, he yes. can walk. But And as he grows, I need to change along with that and mm -hmm. maybe that's the that's, that's been the scariest part with quite a lot of parents and especially pastors the changing of um stages and how you need to change because a lot of pastors are like mm. but this angle that you are bringing in is is fresh and i love the the angle that we are taking um, the time, ladies and gentlemen, has just gone 21 minutes past six. We are in conversation with Apostle uh, Jazile. If you have questions for him, please do feel free to send them to 067-153-1089. We're going to cross over to a song break. And when we come back, we continue on in our conversation with the Apostle. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The time has just gone 27 minutes past a six. We just played your beautiful song by Andrew Crouch. <laughs> the Lord is my light because only the Lord can be our light. Oh, man, absolutely beautiful song right there. And uh, you're still listening to The Pulpit with myself, Lindy, and I am not on my own. I have the man of God. I have Apostle Jazile with us in the building. And uh, I must say, I am learning a lot. I hope you are learning as much as I am learning. Because wow. <laughs> because wow. <laughs> There's fire in this place. I love it. I love it. I love it. Apostle, yep. you are uh, the head of Alta Ministries. How did that come about? Um, can you tell us maybe more about your calling? How did your, your calling come about? When? And was it easy for you to accept it and the inception of this church? Uh, for me, I got saved. Uh, didn't even know what calling is or whatever. Yeah. I you know, just wanted a, 
a change of life. That mm. was what was necessary for me. Yeah. It was a to me it was a step of growing yeah. as a family man, stability, direction, yeah. you know, raising children in a, a well governed home. Mm-hmm. So decided to go to church, got born again, grow within church ranks, did everything because I wanted to participate. Then years later, uh, I, I discovered a passion for God's people, yes. but I never associated that with a calling. Mm. It was just part of serving in church, mm. you know. But it grew stronger, and eventually, I realized what was happening in my life. Then mm-hmm. I had to yield to the calling. Um, back in Eastern Cape, moved to Pretoria. Mm-hmm. Then it was clear. Mm. Then we established the altar ministries. 17 years back, we're still going strong. Wow. You know, having served God in various platforms, mm. different countries. Mm. Uh, here's another opportunity to do that. Yes. Yeah, so it was never a struggle for me because I think this is what I wanted, mm. you know, to serve God. Then it's, it's where it is now, mm. flowing with it. Every challenge that comes with it, we face it head on because the realization that this is what one is called for, it makes it uh, easy for one to say whatever challenge that comes, it can take you away from what you have already discovered. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a very long answer for a short question. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a perfect answer because now you are taking us through the steps and the journey, you know. And I love uh, that you are saying, for you it was bringing stability, a way of raising your children, or, you know, wanting to be responsible. Yeah. And I look at the church now, and um, earlier on you said that the church is female. Yes. And you look at the church, the church is dominated by females. Mm. You know, it, it, it's a cry of my heart that one day we'll come to the church building and we see the men in the church, mm. as many men in the church, you know, men who say, I want to be responsible, I want to uh, serve the Lord, I want to hear what the Lord has to say for me. And, you know, so I like that for you to that responsibility thing. Would you say, um, and I'm throwing you in the boat now, would you say uh, the issues that we have in our country, you know, with gender-based violence and the murders and everything, uh, would you say most of it is because maybe men have not found themselves in Christ? Yes, you are correct, most of them. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the things that we need to really confront it without fear is the fact that men away from God mm. is capable of doing anything sure. because he is a government by himself and for himself. So he hears nobody, he fears nobody. Mm. That is why from the beginning, God created the first man. Look at it. God created the first man. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me put it theologically correct. Mm. He created them, that is male and female, mm. but he formed them differently. Mm. He formed man first. There's yeah. a reason for that because a man is the head mm. of the family. Head does not only talk about the, the, the head with the brain. It talks mm. about the first. Mm. It talks about direction. It talks sure. about leadership. Sure. So God wanted to teach a man what is headship, what is leadership, away from women. Mm. By the time Eve came into the picture, 
the man has come to the realization that I can't do this thing alone. Mm. That is why God said I will make him a helpmate. That is why I'm saying once we get that right, we will reduce most of these things that we have all mm. already highlighted, gender-based violence, mm. child abuse, and all mm. that stuff. Because when a man is governed by God, mm. all that he does, he, he, he takes it from God mm. himself. Mm. This is another thing that I'm saying that in the book of Genesis, yeah. there's a lot we can learn and apply as a principle. Yeah. God says, let us make men formed man first, put him in the garden. Mm. There's a reason why he put him in the garden. Mm. I'm coming to answer a question. He has to learn how to work the land before he can know how to handle the wife. <laughs> because the woman and the land are functioning similar. Okay. You know, months are counted in the moon, yeah. the month. That is why women are more of the calendar. Mm-hmm. of the universe. Yeah. That is why they go in periods we mm. don't. Mm. When a woman goes to periods, that mm. means there's a cycle that has ended and mm. there was no fertilization, there was no life formed. Mm. Then that cycle is over, another cycle begins. Mm. So she is more of a land waiting for a seed to be sowed. If a seed has not been sowed, then that means that cycle goes without production. Yeah. Then the womb has to clean itself and all yeah. that stuff. So for a man to understand that, he must first understand how is the timetable of the seed, the plants, and everything works. He must get to work. Actually, the word husband, according to John 15, I am the vine dresser. My father mm-hmm. is the, uh, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. The original mm-hmm. term there is husbandry. That means okay. a good farmer, not just a farmer, a good sure. farmer. That is where the word husband comes from. A husband is the tiller of the ground. He's a farmer. He knows how to work the land. Now, if a man can work the land, then he can handle the woman. Now, fast forward. The woman becomes a metaphor and embodiment of the church. Mm. That means before we can worship God right in church, we should have worshipped him right in home mm. with our wives, mm. away mm. from our children. Mm. Because by the time you try to teach your wife and your children to worship God, you are too early for children, but too late for your wife. Because that's what you could have done while children are not <laughs> here as an interruption. By the time children arrives, there's now a fight for attention, sure. which means your governance is failing. Mm. Because what you could have taught your wife, then authority would have been delegated mm. that what you did to her, she mm. can do it to your children without mm. ease. Because already she's, bo- she's blessed with vocabulary. She's blessed with multitasking, things that you don't have. That yeah. is why yeah. you have your wife first away from children. Although societally that has changed a lot. Mm. Because you find that by the time many people are married, they have children yeah. from both sides, mm. blended family, mm. a lot that goes into that relationship. So well, the church is supposed to fix that, yes. you know, one way or another. So how do we bring that into balance? Because... Like you are saying, now it's it's the reality of the new church that uh, there's blended families. Yes. Either one has a child already or one doesn't have a child already. Yes. But there still needs to be that unity in the family where the father is still the head, mm-hmm. you know, of the family. How does one then bring that into balance? It takes a lot of uh, uh, learning because yeah. most of these things happens away from 
God. That's 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 why we have that uh, predicament. Mm. They happen away from God, and those people find God later mm. than they could have found Him earlier. Mm. Then we have to do the fixing mm. of what gone wrong. Now, when you have a man who knows who God is, mm. then it's easy yeah. to communicate these things to his wife. It's even a bonus when both of them. They now know God. Mm. Then they govern their children not with emotions, mm. but with what the word of God is saying. The sure. Bible is having a lot of blended family. You mm. look at Abraham, yeah. Isaac, and, and Ishmael. Mm. Already that's a standard. Mm. One can say, what does this do? How can we fix it and mm. how we move forward from this? But your question is, a, is, a, is of concern. We need more men knowing God. Mm. Not just for the issues of going to heaven and going to hell, but the mm. issues of governing homes. Because if we can our homes like hell, then why do we expect we'll go to heaven? Because mm. we go to church. you know. Because that environment must be created at home by the Father. Mm. where children don't have to run to their rooms when the father is coming mm. because they are scared of him. Create that environment, you know. So the book of Genesis is teaching us a lot that when mm. things started right, the family can be a, 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 an example of what a church must be like. Sure. You know? Now, the story of Jesus Christ and the question you're asking yeah. of a blended family and all that, it's a beautiful story of mm. restoration, redemption, and, and, and then life goes on mm -hmm. because it brings us to say no matter how far we go, we can still come back mm. and God can still make us right. Mm. That is why Christ came. Sure. So those are the things that we can base our relationship from. The problem with relationships, they had a lot of outside infiltration. Mm. Mother-in-laws, mm. baby mamas, baby daddies, a lot of noise outside. Mm. And the Bible, unfortunately, it says two are better than one. Not, not, no, not more not, than that. Not the more than third that. person yeah. is God. Then. Two is better than one. Three-pronged cord is not easily broken. So when we open those gaps, we need to find a way of how do we close those and then focus in two is better than five, seven, you know, yeah. because more than three, it's a crowd. Sure. How do you manage then that? Mm. Then you'll have to come back to the word of God to mm. say, what are the biblical uh, case studies we can use mm. in running our family? Not what the television says, yeah. not what the government yeah. is saying and all yeah. that stuff, but... What are the biblical case studies we can use in running our family? Sure. Now, Mpundisi, would you then say, um, my apostle, would you then say blended families need slightly different uh, marriage counseling as opposed to two people who uh, they don't have children and they're just coming together for the very first time and they're about to build? So do they... Are they already receiving different marriage counseling or is it something that the church still needs to work on? It should. It, they should. I don't think it might be the case mm -hmm. right now because mm -hmm. unfortunately sometimes we look at things at face value. We're dealing with mm. two people and that's it. Mm. And, and, and that's not the fact when it comes to marriage because mm. you're dealing with the two people. You're dealing with their mothers and their mm. fathers and their mm. sisters and all that. Mm. They all come with that. That is why your counseling now has to keep opening up. Mm. And then again, we have new societal 
challenges that we never had, which means one must open up to say what is there, what is new, how do yeah. we approach it and all that stuff. Then you keep opening it up. Once they already come and honest and say we love each other, one mm-hmm. get married, we have children from both sides, mm-hmm. then that must be part of counseling. Mm-hmm. Say how do you deal with this? How yeah. do you handle the baby mamas and the baby mm-hmm. daddies? Because that's the reality you're going to live with. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you ignore that, you will fight for every now and then. Sure. I mean, I love, I love how you're teaching us about family. I think this whole interview was family, <laughs> family orientated because wow, uh, you know, and I can tell your heart for family and serving the uh, the people of God. Mfundisi, uh, and I'd like for us to come back, you know, to 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 you. Mm. Um, you oversee a lot of churches. Not really a lot. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> several. Several churches. Several churches. Yes. <laughs> uh, you oversee several churches, um, both in South Africa, and uh, you've been called uh, and ordained to the apostolic office uh, where you plant and equip churches for establishment and uh, the expansion of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that, Mfunisi. Um, You know, when I saw this, I thought about, uh, I joined a ministry um, where uh, we, we go evangelize, um, we, we do, uh, what is this now? Um, outreach, yeah, missions. Go out and they plant churches. Mm. And I realized that there's a special, um, it's a special calling. It's not your ordinary thing. And how did that come about? For you, is it something that the Lord told you along your ways of uh, growing in your ministry, or uh, how did that come about? Uh, it, it it took uh, I think um, different uh, approaches, if I may use that, mm. because earlier when I came to ministry, I planted churches. Mm. Then later, churches that I'm overseeing are pastors would come on the basis of being uh, uh, mentored yeah. or fathered, if you like. Yeah. So I end up overseeing those mm-hmm. churches because pastors came to say, you know, we love what you are doing. Mm. We love the experience you have. Mm-hmm. Can you help us establish mm. our ministries? That is how it has come. You know, because planting churches at this time and age becomes complex because mm. of many things. Yeah. One of the things we cannot run away from is that how the church was done then and how the church is done today is completely different worlds. Mm. You know, mm. because of migrations, civilization mm. and mm. education yeah. that also comes with all of that. Mm-hmm. So the the, the the dimensions keep uh, shifting. Yeah. You know, although the foundation of a church is evangelism that's not even for pastors, that's for believers beginning mm. with. Then you have fivefold now different yeah. graces, evangelists, teachers, mm. pastors, uh, apostles, and prophets. Mm-hmm. They have a different um, graces to run the church. But yeah. even then, if you look at what we call fivefold mm-hmm. at the time, Jesus Christ gave these gifts, mm-hmm. you find that the mandate is clear and very uh, different yeah. from your early apostles yeah. that will call fire from heaven. Yeah. It falls, 
Elijah will call bears and devour yeah. children, all those things. It has shifted. Mm. Paul puts it clear that these must equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Mm. Equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's the yeah. mandate of the now apostles and prophets. Yeah. Edify the church. Mm. So issue of planting can never be stopped mm. because that is how the kingdom of God expand. Mm. But it becomes easier when you equip the saints to know how to do that. Yeah. For instance, if I have you in Kempton Park, I equip you to know just the basic of run a home cell. Mm. That home cell, if it is properly run, within six months, it will become a branch. Yeah. Because that means... Now there are more people who are coming in. Mm. Before we know it, you are 20, you are mm. 40. Therefore, it's the no longer exactly. Yeah. So when this is done properly, it's easy for the kingdom of God to mm. expand. Sure. Now with, with the globe, because the world has become global, the social media, people get to know who you are, what you do, and all that mm. stuff. That's when the kingdom of God now keep expanding, where you mm. can exercise your apostolic mandate if you are called in that office because mm. people see the grace upon your life, mm. then they get attracted to say, teach us this, teach mm. us that, and teach us that. Like you were saying, that you've been seeing so many posters mm. that yes. demands me to go. It's because of the same thing mm. he saw wherever he had men say, we need this man to come mm. on board because the world has become so small mm. that sooner or later somebody's going to hear about you, is going to know about you mm. and all that mm. stuff. That's where issues of character as well comes sure. in. Because you can't be careless. You yeah. can be in Centurion Mall, think nobody knows you, yeah. and that you are there. So, ah, there is Apostle Jesus, yeah. you see. Yeah. What he's doing, and I think nobody knows me. Sure. That we live in such a world now that in every corner, there are going to be two or three people who know you. Sure. Then it calls for you to leave what you're talking about. Mm. You know. That's ministry on its own. Distinction. There exactly. should be a distinction exactly. between the man of God and, and just a man. Just a man. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Absolutely beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I, 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 I have a feeling and I have a sense, you know, even looking at your, your profile, you, you are passionate about men, you are passionate about families, you are passionate about leadership. Yes. And I see that coming through all around you, your, your profile. Mm -hmm. And you have you are the founder of Men Mandate Organization. Yes. Um, please tell us about that. Men Mandate is, I think, the profile do highlight that mm. the the heart for it is to have godly families, mm. is to engage with men, teach mm. men mm. to lead their families in a godly way, mm -hmm. because if family in Africa has a lot of voices, there's culture, there's tradition mm. that shouting to a family to say, Umagodi must do this, mm. Umkwenyana must do this, and nobody says, God said you must do Yo. this. Mm. And yet, <laughs> Jesus Christ's first miracle was in a wedding. Sure. And yeah. the key word says, when his mother addresses the guys, he just asked to go listen to his son and the making of the wine. He says something so profound, whatever he says, Ish. not whatever the they master say. of the party mm. says, not whatever the winemaker say, but whatever he says. So the whole <laughs> wedding now changes form. The center of attraction is no longer the bride, hey. is no longer the groom, 
it is the Christ. Sure. And ask yourself why his first miracle has to be in a marriage because mm. he restores the garden of Eden dimension in relationship because this thing was messed up in a home so it must be fixed up in a home. <laughs> so these dimensions are very key. These sure. verses are not just there. They there's there's coloration there's yeah. a point of reference. Yeah. He has to fix the home yeah. first. That was invaded by yeah. the devil. Sure. So he first fixed the home. Mm -hmm. If you read John 2, mm -hmm. the following segment in that scripture, he goes to the church to clean the temple. Yes. Now ask yourself, why didn't he start at the temple to clean it and, and come back to the to wedding? wedding? He keeps the protocol of community. Because if we get it right at home, then we can go to the church. Because I if we get it right at home and then go to the church, it's still going to be a... Mm -hmm. We can't expect the church... To fix the home, we have to have a home that keeps the church healthy. Sure. We have issues of submission in church today, mm. issues of worship and all these things mm. because the home is, sure. until today, the devil attacks the church through the home. Mm. He attacks the home through yeah. the wife. That is why you don't have to marry an available wife, you must marry a suitable wife. <laughs> So that's, that's, yeah. that's a topic on its own. Because ah. in the beginning, it was not a matter of the available. Yeah. God oh. says the prescript, I will make you a suitable, suitable, not an available. Most of us, we marry the available and discover in a wedding, rather in a marriage, that is not sure. the suitable. She was just available. Yeah. Wow. wow. I'm telling you, we have a lot of women, but the mm. question is that, are these women suitable mm. to be your wife? Sure. So in five women that can be in front of you, you don't choose the most beautiful. Yeah. You choose the most suitable. <laughs> but what it is, is, are you a suitable partner? Exactly. Sure. So if we, if we can just keep those basics. But mm. again, how do we keep those basics unless mm. somebody is there to teach us? Mm what was said, what is said, what is expected, then that's what gave me that passion yeah. to have a time with men away from their wives yeah. and their children. Yeah. Because again, understand men have ego issues. So when you create a space for them, mm -hmm. then they can be vulnerable, but mm. not in the presence of my wife, not mm. in the presence, I must mm. still act strong, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, can't break in front of my wife. Sure. It comes natural because they see you as a protector. Yeah, you know, as the head. Exactly. You know, um, Fundis, I wanted to touch that a bit. Uguti, how do you even get men to come in to say, yes, I see there's a discord here. I want mm. to fix this. Mm. Uh, most of the men that you get, is it people who are tired and they really want to fix this or is it people who are just curious, or how do you get them to come together because of the ego issue? Um, already the church is suffering with less men than women, mm. and now they're in the church, and now you are bringing them in to say, actually, what you've been doing all along is not uh, according to the Bible. Let mm. me teach you how to do it correctly. How do you get that right? Uh, I'm not sure if I do <laughs> get right, but uh, do men do I mean, you've got this ministry, yeah. I think because I'm a man, I know how men think. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, put yourself in the shoes of men. Mm. If you were called by men to say, come, mm. what would be the reason for me to go? Mm. You know, I started this with less than 20 people. 
mm. we are able to gather up to 200 men now sure. in one space because men monitors what's going on mm. they listen mm. what's the content mm. then you got to know you're dealing with people mm. that don't want to hear you that you are perfect than yeah. them mm. so as a man i know what as men we struggle with mm. so we talk about the real issues yeah rather than just refer you to Matthew, John, and Peter, we mm. talk about our own lives. We're mm. never born in church. We've done what mm. we have done. But there comes a day when we realize it shouldn't be like this. Then what sure. was the hope? Jesus is the hope of glory. Yes. We are in a journey we have not arrived. Paul puts it so beautifully in First Corinthians 13 when he mm. teaches about love. Mm. He comes to a point and says, when I became a man. Mm. The problem is that we think we have arrived. Manhood is never arriving. Yeah. Manhood is becoming. So even if your wife can give you that chance, you are not a perfect being. You are a mm. human being. Mm. You are in a process of becoming. Sure. You are not in a process of arriving. When I became, my speech changed, my mm. thinking changed, my actions changed. So appreciate the change of my speech, yeah. even if... Yeah. My walk has not yet changed, mm. but celebrate the little signs that you are yeah. making an effort to become a better man. So uh -huh. men want that to know that we are in this, all together. of us. Yeah. We are in this together. Yes, that's a better way. Sure. We're in this together. That's wow. what Paul says to the jailer who wanted to kill himself mm. in the book of Acts. When he wanted to kill himself, I love the vocabulary he chose to use. Mm. Don't kill yourself. We are all in here. Mm. We are all, not some, all. None of us escaped this. None of us mm. is planning to run. We're going to do this thing God's way. Sure. And the Bible says he took them to his home because mm. of how he approached him mm. and said, what must I do to be saved? So sometimes the altar call does it itself on the matter of the approach. The problem is that men, once they are masculinity protected, mm. they are ego protected. Mm. Unfortunately, our churches sometimes become too feminine mm. for men to fit in. Yeah. And that's a whole topic on its own. On its own. Because you arrive sure. in church, the worship leader is a woman, mm. I'm an old man, the mm. worship leader is probably mm. the age of my firstborn or my secondborn. Mm. He's tossing me two and two. Mm. Turn around. I'm like, whose what, child what is, is this? Yeah. You, you, you see? But when we are in a church setup, we don't know that those things can have an effect. Mm. When I'm born again, I've been there, to me that's not an issue. But to a man who's coming from a traditional and cultural setup, mm. you don't just get a baby girl commanding mm. a man what to mm. do. Mm. Even my wife does not do that. Why a little girl would just, and you feel like, you know what, I love this, mm. but I won't come back here. Mm. You know, there are churches who give men that respect. You go to those churches, numbers talk differently to yeah. our churches as yeah. charismatics. Then yeah. you ask yourself, what is it that they're doing right? Doing? Yeah. You'll find that they don't teach about Holy Spirit, they don't teach about Christ, mm. but they've got maximum men going there mm. because they are not stripped being men. Yeah. 
Wow, I mean, that's content on its own. <laughs> on its own. That's content on its own. I can give you the a biblical example. When Jesus made an exam, um, rather a miracle of multiplying bread and fish, yeah. what does the Bible say? There were 5,000 men. men. That's what we call head count. Mm. We're counting heads. Mm. Not everybody heads <laughs> of the homes. Because 5,000 men, but there were women there. There yes. were children. Actually, they use a lunch of a boy, yes. but it's not counted. Because we count heads. Once we count heads, then families are represented. Mm. So we can't neglect that in our yeah. time. Jesus Christ never overlooked that. Mm. He knew how key it was. Put men where, where they're supposed, supposed to be. Then sure. you can talk to them. May the good Lord help us, even as we journey on as the new church. Definitely. As, you know, the... Revolution, rev, revolutionized church. Yes. Uh, may the good Lord help us to keep men, to keep the order of the family exactly. as he has purpose and planned for it. Exactly. Mfundisai, I'm blown away. Mm. I, I, I feel like this hour has gone by so fast. Uh, I definitely need to have you again here <laughs> on the hot seat. And right. we are deep diving into certain issues that, into certain topics that you've raised right mm -hmm. now because I feel if we get it right there in the family structure, if we get it right, if we get the order right, like you are saying, mm -hmm. then everything else will fall into place. That's true. Uh, we're definitely having you back again here. I'm not sure when. We'll check your availability, but we're definitely having you back. In I'll be glad to be back. Oh, man. So much nuggets that you have shared with us. And it's the, the, the humility for me, the, you know, the way that you are teaching us. Um, this has just gone more than just an interview. Thank you so much, Mfundisi, for that. Welcome. We are now going to our pulpit controversy. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you s chose <laughs> this topic. For pulpit controversy, we are asking today, is it wrong to marry within the family? Yeah, yeah. And when we come back, Mfundisi, I'd like for us to tackle this issue, uh, or this question, rather, and a few of our listeners' uh, responses to this question, because we've put it up already, and people send in the, the comments. Yeah, all right. So I'd like for us to look at it and see Maybe we are even getting it wrong there. <laughs> or maybe sure. we're getting it right. <laughs> no, we look at it. <laughs> we'll have a look at it. Yeah. But the time, ladies and gentlemen, has just gone 58 minutes uh, past um, uh, past six. Uh, we've just finished a beautiful interview with uh, the Apostle Jazile. If you missed that interview, go to our website, check our podcast, because there is a lot of nuggets in that interview that you definitely do not want to miss out. If you want to get your family structure right, Listen to the podcast. If you've just joined us, where were you? But it's never too late. You can always check out the podcast and listen uh, to the teachings of the men of God. But for now, we are crossing over to our pulpit controversy. And today we are asking, is it wrong to marry within the family? For an example, if you marry your uncle's, uh, if you, what was my example? Uncle's daughter. If you marry your uncle's daughter. So we want to know from you. You know what to do. Send us your voice notes. Call and send in your text. 2067-153-1089. This is Opa Live Radio Station. We are shaping minds for a better future.
This is Hope Alive Radio, shaping minds for a better future. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Jacob Morokani from Hope Restoration Ministries in our Ebony Park campus. We are located at number 45 Bosshop Street in President Park, just behind Ebony Park. And our service times are 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. We invite you to join our life transforming services and we promise you, you will not regret it. Like the Bible says, you know, the time is coming and it is now where the true worshipers will worship God. God in spirit and in truth and we we promise you that you will have a good time your seat is reserved just show up and God will show himself up in your life God bless you we're looking forward to seeing you amen you are listening to hope alive streaming live from hope restoration ministries Kenton Park South Africa Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. The time has just gone five minutes past seven. Time flies when you are having fun. We just played you a uh, Tony Gospel Choir with Bilo Iladulo. Uh, I'll get it right. I will get it right. Uh, one day I will get it right. Um, beautiful worship song right there. And beautiful conversation of a... Uh, it's that time of the day. Uh, you know, I used to say this is my favorite segment because I would come here and I want to grill the pastors. <laughs> because I want to know why are certain things happening um, the way they are happening and why certain things are not happening the way they are not happening. And uh, today we are asking... Um, we are asking about family. You know, for this, I was saying, which I feel like God is changing this whole show. Mm. So I can see how the whole show is now is all about family. Uh, so today we are asking Mfundisi uh, in our pulpit controversy, Uguti, um, is it wrong to marry within the family? You know, for an example, when you marry your uncle's daughter, mm. uh, your your aunt's niece, uh, what what is your take about that, Apostle? Uh, perhaps to answer that uh, correctly, we'll have to go back a little bit that uh, there was a time where siblings will marry each other, mm. given the fact that human beings were not as many as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to use a Bible as a barometer of that, it can give whatever mm. answer you you want. Mm. So even maybe before I answer that, we should look at the issues of morality. Yeah. What does your conscience say? Not even in the presence of the Holy Spirit, just the fact of knowing that this is my sister. Mm. How how do you even begin mm. to want to get married to your sister? Because you know that marriage is not just getting a ring in your finger. Mm. There's going to be bedroom issues yeah. that comes with that. Mm. So... Just moral laws will govern you on that to Mm. say, no matter how beautiful my sister or my Mm. uncle, how moneyed my uncle can be, it it cannot be that uh, I marry her. So my opinion is that you cannot marry your sibling. Leviticus chapter 18 deals in depth, Mm. I mean in in, in depth with that. Mm. It, It tells you God, Leviticus means he called. That yeah. means when, actually, the whole book of Leviticus is is beautiful segmented. Chapter eighteen is dealing with moral laws, sexual yeah. moral laws, mm. things that you can do 
and things that you cannot do. Mm. So it will tell you cannot marry your sister, you cannot mm. touch your father's wife, mm. you cannot touch your uncle. All these things are there. So it's a no-no to marry your siblings. I mean, South Africa has got 60 million people. Now, why would you go why for your Why would you want sister? to marry your sister? Why would you go for your uncle? I mean, even if your standard is a man that has money, there are a lot that uh, has... Uh, if, if the standard is beauty, there are a lot of beautiful women. Why would you go for your sibling? It's not right. I mean, just even thinking about it, it's mm. not right. Mm. Where well, you have to talk to your sister beyond family issues, start talking about sexual issues mm. to a point where you want to sleep with. There's a biblical uh, example of Tama and Amnon in the Bible yes. where Amnon oh. mm-hmm. uh, really loved her sister to a point of raping her, mm-hmm. you know, and the results after that were not good. Mm. So every time that happens, whether physical or spiritually, the results can never be good. So you can't marry your your blood. There's a lot of people you can get married to, both in church and yeah. even outside the yeah. church. Mfundisam uh, Zulu. And uh, in, in, you know, I, I had an opportunity to stay in KZN. I'm Jobek Zulu. I had an opportunity to stay in KZN for many years. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that when the music is Baba, we keep it within. within I've the seen uh, where even when the husband dies, the brother must now come in. Uh, but it's all staying within the family. Mm-hmm. It's all just staying within the family. Um, you talk about morals, but here in this culture, here I'm, I'm from this culture that maybe you know we should keep it within the family. In my family, personally, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, based on culture, we should do it because uh, we have worked for this. I mean, I've got uh, vendor friends who say they've worked for this, so they're keeping everything within. Um, Luckily for them, it's cousins and stuff, but they're not really marrying each other as siblings, but cousins and distance cousins and stuff. How then does one, I mean, we're looking at the story of Tamaguti. It's possible that you can love sibling like that how does then how do we then say they cannot do it looking at it morally it's not right when that's 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 where self-governance comes in Mm -hmm. remember you 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 know when i spoke about the issue of man as a worshiper of god yes the bible say when god made eve Mm -hmm. there's a strange verse there that he didn't find the wife amongst the animals which means he did look there. So you must understand that as a human being, everything is open to you and for you. Mm. But it takes now who you are to say no Mm. to certain things. Mm. Not that you cannot do them, but they're just not right for you to do them. Mm. For instance, what you're talking about, we now not get married because of love mm. rather than preserving the inheritance mm. so that it does not go to other families, mm. to other people. People Yet, who don't understand the struggle that the family is Exactly. Coming. The basis of marriage is love. Mm. Remember, the metaphor of marriage, it should uh, reflect the church. The church should reflect God. Now, John 3.16 says... 
for God so loved mm. the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mm. That's the beginning of relationship. It was never about the inheritance. Mm. It was about the love. So let's get the right things and get the first things first. You don't get married to a person because of what he has. Mm. You get married to a person mm. because who, who he is. Mm. The mm. issue of what is what is causing a lot of GBV within yeah. the traditional structure. And the yeah. church is also accused of saying nothing about this yeah. thing. Because we're also coming from those traditions to break away from mm. them is a struggle. Mm. Remember the issue of lobola. Mm. It has a part in playing in GPV because men exactly men feel that women are their property. Mm. They are not their partner. Sure. Then issue of love is not about property, it's about partnership, suitable mm. helper. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to dominate you. Mm. We dominate things but not each other. We sure. are not given that mandate. Sure. The mandate in Genesis 1, dominate everything but not, not each, each other. other. You are partners here, created equal but different. These things are very key. So once we allow wealth to be the reason for us to get married, then mm. when the wealth is no longer there, why will we have to stay mm. together? Mm. The truth is that families killed each other over wealth. Mm. So if you are going to get married to me because of what I have, when I no longer have it, why must you stay? Mm. We open, particularly this is women abuse. Yeah. Because it's not what they want to do. It's an mm. arranged thing by mm. other people. I yeah. already gave you a biblical principle, yeah. two are better than one. The yeah. third one is God. Yeah. Then you can't be called in a meeting to get married to somebody mm. because we must preserve uh, 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 the, the wealth or we must make sure that the family increases in terms of getting a, a, a male heir or all those mm. things. Mm. I mean, a wife is not a cow yeah. where you just bring in for breeding and get <laughs> more children and all that stuff. It hey. goes beyond. It's bigger yeah. than that. Yeah. You know, sure. it's it's very very bad because these people they look at shallowness of this yeah. thing. Yeah. Their children who are going to come here, yeah. and imagine now my elder brother have children with this wife. Now a younger brother who takes over this wife also has children. How do you explain mm. this immorality mm. to your children? Mm. That we are children of two brothers in mm. one wife because we have to preserve. Then when this wife dies and this brother dies, these children are, are now left to fight over mm. this inheritance. Mm. It doesn't sort anything out. Let's stick to what uh, marriage is all about. Mm. Love for God, so love the world. God is love. Mm. Is that reflected in our marriage beyond fleshly desires. Mm. Because if we can't control that, we can do anything to get what flesh is screaming for. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, the time has just gone 15 minutes past seven. You know, I just said time flies when you're having fun. Um, Fundisi, we have a few uh, text messages here, so we're going to try and go through them and just tackle them okay. as they come. And remember, you can send in your comments to 067-153-1089. Uh, the question for today is, is it wrong to marry within the family? For an example, if you marry your uncle's daughter. And uh, we've got a text message here from Lucky, and it says, it is wrong to marry within our family because our extended families are considered... 
um, as our very own family members. And particularly as Africans, our culture doesn't permit that even by a mere thought of it, uh, just feels wrong. And he has laughing emojis. No, culture did support that mm. for the things that we spoke about. That is why even today it's a um, topic that comes up. Yeah. yeah. Because mm. our, our African culture mm. did support mm. that. That if my brother dies and he okay. was rich and all that, mm. then I must take over his wife mm. just to make sure we protect the wealth within the family. But Christ does not support mm. that. A man must be a, a, a husband of one wife. Mm. You know, there's a lot of debates that are coming yeah, in, even yeah. now with the issues of polygamy. Yes. You know. And now uh, there's Christian uh, polygamy. Uh, uh, there's no Christian polygamy. is polygamy. Yes. <laughs> and I usually <laughs> say... <laughs> and uh, I usually say, actually, polygamy is uh, just uh, adultery. Uh, <laughs> legalized. Legalized, yes. Yeah. Because there's no need for it. The results are bad. We can mm. have a lot of references. People, people, so look at the issue of Ishmael and Isaac. Mm. That mm. struggle continues even Till to today. the modern day. Mm. So the results are never good. Mm. You know, you look at our neighbor's case at N. Mm. Just recently, what happened within mm. the family? Mm. Uh, children of the same father. Mm. Where did it end? Mm. It just doesn't. Uh, we can't allow flesh to scream. Mm. maybe we we must also make a distinction between uh, because we we must understand that a man is created with a will and God respects a man's will Mm. but we must know that man operates between these two wills a perfect will and a permissive will so if you marry seven wives you're not going to die tomorrow you're not they are your wives but that's a permissive will it's not a perfect will the perfect will of God must be traced back to the first wife. Mm. Let me just give you a biological understanding of this. A human being has got 24 ribs, yeah. 12 in each side. Mm-hmm. But God took one rib. He didn't take 24. He took <laughs> one rib. But a man has 24 ribs, 206 bones in his adult age. But God took one, one rib. One woman for one man. All these other... Actually, a bone of my bone, not bones not of my bo- bone. Exactly. I now you qualify that I statement. I I bone, I I not I bones. Bone of a structure. Mm. Because bone talk of structure. Yeah. A woman brings proper structure in yes. a family. It changes a house into a home. It changes a man to a husband. That's the capacity a woman carries. Now, when you have more than seven <laughs> ones... Okay, let's look... From a man with experience of yeah. this, Solomon yeah. had 700 mm. wives, 300 concubines, 1,000 mm. wives. But it's Solomon who says two is better than one. Mm. Having had 1,000. So in other words, it says, this thing that I'm doing. I had 1,000, but yeah. I came to discover the yeah. truth is as it was in the beginning. Hey. Two is better than yeah. one. I love it. I love where you're going with this. We have another text message here. It says, yes, it's wrong. It's forbidden by God. It's called an incest. Yes, it's an incest. Mm. We have a voice message. Let's listen to what our listener has to say. <laughs> Let's bring back our producer. 
the word of God actually prohibits these kinds of relationship. And I know many people will look back to the Old Testament and say, you know what, so-and-so married, so-and-so, and so-and-so mm. married, so-and-so. And I think definitely that was for a season, you know what I'm saying? But once God had laid down his law, he prohibits that in the book of Leviticus, as well as in the book of Deuteronomy, people will say, you know, okay, that's the Old Testament. The Old Testament is very applicable to us as believers. It was written for us as an example. So, yes, we're not withholding to the Mosaic law per se, but there are definite principles that we, uh, you know, can apply in our lives even as New Testament believers. And so I think God has given us plenty. I don't think it would be a good idea to marry within the family. Uh, when 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 there are so many other options available, like the scripture says, each man must have his own wife and vice versa. Sure. Love that. Love that. Um, let's take a text message. Um, we have a text message here from Gift, and Gift says, marrying with uh, family is incest. Not sure how far it goes, but it's biblically wrong, and there are possibilities of causing disability on the offspring. Can we talk about that, Mfundis? <laughs> I, I mean, it's believed. I also, I, I know in certain cultures it's believed, Wuti, when children with disabilities are born, it's because of incest. Not really. Can, Not really. Yes, can we maybe even give us that biology, uh, you know, explanation? There's a lot of things that causes um, illnesses to, to babies, mm. you know. I wouldn't uh, dismiss that. I don't know what is the um, uh, belief around that. Mm. I don't know how far researched is that. Mm. But I believe that God can punish children for the foolishness of parents. Mm. He, is, he is God of love. Mm. you know, And God has used uh, children that came out of wrong relationships mm. for his glory. Mm. You know, know the story of David it's one of the most uh, obscure story yeah even, even that of Christ yeah you know so yeah I don't know where people get that belief but I believe God is a God of love he can't mm. punish your offspring because of your of your foolishness mm. at all oh, thank you so much I love that we have another voice message let's hear what uh, our listener has to say Back again, pulpit controversies. Oh my goodness, is it wrong to marry within the family? Oh wow, yeah. I think it's wrong. You know, I think it's wrong. Um, culturally wise, I just think you know there are some some cultures where the woman will marry the brother, um, the younger brother of the husband. But um, some things I think they're just wrong. For me, it's wrong. <laughs> And uh, she is in agreement with us, uh, with Mfundisi. It is wrong, it is wrong, it is wrong. We have another text message here. Um, or it's the same text message that came through. Okay. So, Mfundisi, we, we have people here who are saying, yes, this is wrong. Um, but we still see it. And uh, some people are even disguised. I like that you mentioned that the church is quiet about this, but it's also somehow disguised even in the church because especially with that uh, vendor family that I was talking about, they are Christians. 90% of them are Christians. Um, 
and they go to church, they believe, they believe God, they serve in the church even, but there's still this practice that they won't let go in their family. And I don't know why or what the reasons are behind that of not letting go this uh, particular um, tradition within their family. Uh, please uh, speak to, you know, we have Christians and pastors that listen to this show. Um, what, uh, how does the church then address this matter within a family setup that it's been going on for generations and generations mm -hmm. and they just don't see a reason to let it go? Mm. Everything else they can do, but even in the modern church, uh, we are so modernized now, we are allowing so many things. And this seems to be another surge that is just coming up now. Um, can we speak to that, you know, from a church perspective, from an apostolic um, point of view, Guti? Yes, the Bible says which is wrong. We see that in scripture. But it seems like there's a discord sometimes where people take certain things that they want that are suitable for them. I think the church, like any government, you, 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 you can't force people to do certain things. You can only teach them. Mm. You know, if you teach them the truth, then your conscience is clear. Sure. Secondly, you don't jump in issues that were not brought to you. You can only attend them when you notice a certain trend, like you are saying. Mm. There's a lot of things that go in church, and people assume the pastor knows, mm. only to discover that the pastor does not know. Mm. Had he known, had somebody came and said, there is this thing, you mm. could have followed up and advised otherwise. Apart from that, human beings um, are, 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 are allowed to choose what they want to do. Mm -hmm. You can do nothing about that. The only thing is that is to teach them what God wants mm. and how he wants it. If they go beyond that, then they are not within your jurisdiction. Mm. They are within God's uh, jurisdiction. And your conscience remains clear. Your conscience is clear. It's only when... You sanctify what God is, is not for. Mm. Simply because probably they give the most, they are famous, they are known, mm. and you cannot confront them on the basis of benefits. Mm. Then there is a problem because you have to stand for the truth. Mm. Then whatever they choose after you guided them, then it is their choice. The blood is washed off your Exactly. Eyes. Deuteronomy, God himself says, I put before you mm. life and death. Mm. I can only advise, choose life. Mm. Choose. I can't make you choose it. Sure. But even as God, I say, choose life. And it's that gift of free will. Exactly. Sure. So that's your free will. But now the problem is that we run with the free will. In mm. neglect of perfect will. Because a human being should strive for perfect will, not for free will, not for permissive will. Because every other will must submit to the will of God. Remember, Christ was tempted to do the same. And mm. believe me, he could have gone home without going to the cross. Mm. I wish you, you don't miss this one. He mm. could have gone home to his father because he saw the painful death mm. is going to die. Mm. But he thought beyond free will mm. to say, if I go home, it's not about me making home, it's about who am I making home with? Hey. Because the very same thing that made me to leave home was to bring my brothers with me. Mm. So when you take a decision, don't be selfish about it. 
always think about who will die in the process of me deciding this way because it's no longer about me. Mm. Paul says, when I report to heaven, it's not about me making mm. to heaven. He says, you are my hope and glory when mm. I arrive mm. in the presence of my father. I always say, choose purpose over pleasure. <laughs> wow. Always wow. choose purpose over pleasure. Sure. You will always have all in your plate. Mm. Choose purpose. Daniel did the same. Mm. He said, I don't deny how nice is what the king is drinking, but mm. for the sake of purpose, mm. give me a different diet because I know who I am and I know who am I here to inspire. Sure. We can't, we're too selfish. That's the problem. We're right. too selfish. As long as I love it and it pleases me, I don't care who gets hurt on the way. We can't live like that. Mm. We can't. We are leaders. Always, no. I always say this thing, a leader's error is his followers' terror. Yo. <laughs> so it's too costly. Leadership comes with gravity. Mm. Take a moment, pause, mm. think. Who else will be implicated in what I'm doing? Who else will be involved? Mm. How many generations can it affect? Mm. That's leadership questions. Sure. Mm. That's leadership questions. And when you messed up, come back and say, I'm sorry. You lose nothing. You gain credibility. I'm sorry, I messed up. Mm. You know. We're not talking like this because we never, we messed up big yeah. time. Some yeah. of the things I'm sharing here from experience. Yeah. It cost more than your pleasure, mm. purpose. And guess what? You'll have to go full cycle to come back to mm. where you were. Mm. Sure. I mean, I was going to ask for last words, but you've just wrapped it up nicely for us. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. you've just wrapped it up nicely, so nicely for us, because um, you're touching on certain things, sensitive <coughs> things. Um, there's, in the modern church, uh, and we're running out of time with this segment, but in the modern church, there's a new... Uh, thing, a new trend that we, we are now doing. Do you? Do you? It, it doesn't affect me, so do you? So we now fail to us to help our brothers or to guide our brothers and sisters in the things of the Lord. Even when we see them going in the pit, we're like, do you? It can't be do you. Do it should you. be do for you. Sure. It can't be do you. It should be do for you. That's the foundation of Christianity. Mm. Christ died for us, not for himself. Mm. So whatever mm. I do, I have to always think, how is it going to positively impact the next? Mm. It can't be do you. It has sure. to be do for you. Mm. I, uh, whatever decision I take, I must look around. Who's watching? Mm. How, Who will he have, how will it affect him? Mm. Then that will make me to take a decision on mm. the basis of respecting people who mm. believe in me, then how much will I gain, how much pleasure will come out of it. We sure. can't have an I don't care syndrome. Let me, let me stress this a little bit. God is God by himself. Mm. He's Elohim. Look at God's creation from chapter 1 of Genesis. He says, let there. Yeah. Let, but when it comes to man, don't mm. miss this. He said, let us. Because <laughs> there is no I in making men. There is mm. us, there is we. Mm. 
devil was thrown out of heaven only on the eye syndrome. Mm. I will make for myself a higher throne, a better yeah. than I. But God knew you can't make men on the basis of I. So it can't be do me. Mm. It cannot. Sure. Let us, therefore, always think about us, not yeah. I. Let us. We are there's in this together. There's yes. other people involved. The there's ICAN syndrome church. is too dangerous for the sure. next generation. And this is exactly what is dragging our country. Yes. Selfishness. Oh. Think about myself. Wow. I'm okay. I can eat the loaf alone mm. with hungry people around me watching because mm. I worked for it. Mm. It's for me, it's to fulfill me. The mm. Manhood is about we, us, not I. Mfundis mm. is definitely uh, touching on sensitive, you know, issues um, here. You know, uh, Christianity is all about love. Christianity is about, uh, even marriage is about love. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it cannot be just about me. It's about the next generation. Exactly. It's about your sister, your brother that you're affecting. Uh, when you make these decisions, even in your marriage, the decision you make to the person that you choose to marry, mm -hmm. that decision will affect not only you, but generations to come. Exactly. And the illustration that you're bringing in, absolutely beautiful, with, our, with my home uh, uh, town, KZN, I suppose, uh, province, um, that it's still an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. Now, people from outside are called to come and bring peace, come and try and bring peace in this, mm -hmm. whereas it, it all came from a decision from one person who even said, exactly. who's gone now? Exactly. Who's not even there? So, exactly. sure. Uh, all I know is that marrying within the family is incest, and if the Bible tells me that it's incest, if God tells me it's incest, there is nothing else that will convince me otherwise to marry within the family. I stand in the principle of what the Bible says, and the Bible says it is forbidden. Umfundisi, uh, you know, you took the scripture right from me, uh, the scripture in Leviticus. It explains it so nicely. And so much in depth. And so much in depth. So, uh, you know, from me, my perspective, even as we close this segment, is that we, as children of God, um, we as purpose-driven people, we as people of impact, even as we close this month of August, cannot be pushed around to do things that are against the will of God. We need to stand for what is right. Yesterday I was saying to my son and his friends, if you don't choose to stand for something, you will fall for everything. Strong. Choose to stand for what is right and the word of God is correct. It can never be, the word of God is not minced. It can never be twisted or mixed around. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Mfundisi. Your last words as we close the topic. My, my last word is based around what I already said. You know, we, 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 we got to come to that place mm. where we are unselfish even about ourselves. Mm. You know, you, anything you do for income, you are bound to be selfish mm. because it should be about outcome. Sure. Not because income is not, but if the basis of what you are doing is income, then the outcomes are going to be disaster. Mm. That is why we have people that will go to work and they are sour, they are bitter because they are in a place they don't want to mm. be in, but because of the income, they have to go, even if there are no outcomes. Because to me, 
it should be the outcome that informs the income. Mm. Because then you are bound to be selfish. Because you always look at how much you get more than how much you give. Mm. So it's a problem. It's it should always be about how much you give. Sure. I love I love that we can this should be unselfish even with ourselves. Exactly. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are wrapping up this segment. You have heard the man of God. You have seen him refer us back to the word of God and all his talks from the beginning of, you know, our conversation with him. It has always been referred back to the word of God. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to that uh, favorite, favorite segment that I love, the one that just takes us back to the word of God, the one that pulls us out of the pit. If you have been, you know, are so stressed and confused and not sure what to do, if you have been pushed around and not knowing what to do, this is the time for you because the man of God is going to pull you out of the pit. When we come back, he is shooting straight into the word of God. Uh, if you want to see this man of of God that we have been talking to uh, all along. Do tune in on Facebook. We are Hope Alive a radio station. We will be live. You will see the man of God preaching and uh, feel free to send in your text messages uh, and your comments and tell us what the word has done for you. Once again, let me greet all the listeners of Hope Alive um, Radio. Uh, my name is Mzuake Jezile, and I'm an apostle by calling, and uh, I appreciate this moment to share the word of God as he has laid in my heart. I'll take a book that will be familiar to most of us. If we look at the book of Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, I'll read from verse 40. 
So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him, and behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitude stronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me for a passive power going out of me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him and saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe and she was made and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept, mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, rise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And his parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Right. Um, this this is a very interesting uh, piece of scripture to me. A lot of topics that are, are, are can pick up in this one, but uh, I just to choose to take this one. The bleeding must stop. The bleeding must stop. Uh, just a little bit background of where we took the scripture. You can read it at home. Jesus is ministering to people and then he decides he must go over to the tombs to heal a crazy man there. The demons bow down and he cast them out. Then he comes back and the crowd is waiting for him. Now when he comes back, he meets another man that has lost a daughter. The first man lost himself. The second man lost a daughter. And in between, a woman who is bleeding is just showing up. Very fascinating story. If, if you follow it as I follow and zoom into it, then immediately you see a, a, a community that is faced by challenges that are coming from a home setup. There's a home that has no father because the father is in the graves, then there is a home whose father left to look for help because she has a daughter that is sick. But when you look at this scenario, it's all about people in the community, not in the church. Earlier in our discussion, I said this thing, if we get the home right, then it will flow to the church and it will flow to the community. Now, Jesus here 
is not going in any of these people's homes. That's another important thing. None of them are having a planned party for Christ. They are just meeting him on the way. That is answering a question to a person who thinks perhaps Jesus is for the chosen few. Christ did not come for some, he came for all. He even came for you as you are listening to me having a pretty comment similar to this of a woman. Having tried everything, nothing seemed to work. I'm here to say you've got to try Jesus Christ. And this woman knew Jesus Christ by recommendation as I am doing to you tonight that you might have heard about him. But one thing that is short is for you to touch him. Many of us will wait for him to touch us while sometimes he's waiting for us to touch him. Now, Jesus is hijacked by these people who he was not going to home, but I love his understanding of purpose, that he is not here because he wants to be famous. He's here because he wants to help the people of God. Now, this man says, my daughter is sick. On the way to heal the daughter, the woman is touching him. So he delays the process. Uh, therefore, allow me to say what is delayed is not denied. Jesus might still be coming to you, but there is a circumstance that has just stopped him and he cannot delegate it because it is also on his table. He has to attend to it because he treats people equally. He does not choose who to treat better or less. To him, all people are equal. Then Jairus has to stop immediately there. It tells me that sometimes your miracle needs your patience. Sometimes you leave a place of your breakthrough because you feel like it is taking time, it is delayed. Patience is virtue. Jairus have to stand and he has to look at Christ attending to a person who just arrived after he has already stated his case that I'm about to lose a daughter. So in other words, how much are you in a hurry is not the same as God's because God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry because he does not live in time, he lives in eternity. He rules time, time does not rule him. He reverses things. Even if you can think that you are out of time, God can still reverse it. He made a miracle of making an old woman to pre-pregnant of a son he promised him. So time was never a factor to God. It only affects us now. Jairus have to wait with God who is touched by a woman who is bleeding. Leaving all other things because of time, but looking and zooming in to the purpose of this uh, message. The bleeding must stop. The woman has been bleeding for so long, 12 years to be precise. And the Bible say he went to the physicians. Now, this is where we have to diagnose things that is this thing a normal thing? Because if it was a normal thing, at least one of the doctors she went to could have diagnosed her right. 
And I even try to make it a little bit of a research to say, do we have any medical issue of this nature? And I found that there are medical reasons for a woman to bleed nonstop. One of those is called end, end, endometriosis. I love this one because to me it had a spiritual relationship with some of the things that are happening in our lives. So this type, it's when the, 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 the layer that grows within a womb, for some reason, it grows outside. Then it makes now that the periods of a woman becomes painful and a bleeding that does not stop. You might have missed a point that I wanted to hear that because it says what is supposed to grow inside has grown outside. Mm -hmm. And because of that reason, it causes pain. Could it be that sometimes out of our lack of managing our spaces, we allow things that are supposed to be inside to be outside? Mm -hmm. And then we wonder when we get judged, when we get uh, uh, persecuted about the information we gave outside, even though it was belonging inside. Now we are bleeding and we don't know why we are bleeding, although this case is beyond medical because the Bible says the woman already went to the physicians, which means if it was a medical problem, one of the doctors could have picked it up. So sometimes you are not in a problem that cannot be fixed, but you are in a problem that you only allow a certain dimension to fix it, and then when it fails to fix it, therefore you assume it cannot be fixed. Remember, we are a triune being. We are a soul living in a body. We are a spirit having a soul living in a body. Spirit having a soul living in a body. Three dimensions. That means if things don't work uh, in a biological setup, therefore they've got to be spiritual. That is why when they told this woman that you've gone everywhere else, but you have not yet gone to Jesus. Now it's migrating from physical to spiritual. I wish somebody can hear that. That is one of the most important things about being born again. Because being born again is not just about you being on your way to heaven, but it gives you access to the realm of the spirit that, that which earth cannot supply. You know that heaven can supply. That is why Paul says to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine, and he also call him Jesus Christ, who supply all of our needs, not some of our needs. There's going to be a time where earth runs out of resources because it has limited resources, but not heaven. Heaven has everything that a man needs. If we can learn from how we do things on earth, there is no car that is done without a spare wheel. There is no car that is done without uh, parts. Every car that is done, it comes with a manual, it comes with parts, because even though it is brand new, but it can still break down. And when it breaks down, we take it to where? We take it to the manufacturer. So this woman is following that pattern of saying, all earthly help failed me. 
This is the help I want to try. He comes to Christ. He does not ask permission from nobody because he has been briefed that Christ heals everybody, not some few people. So she comes and she touches the hell of his garment and instantly she gets healed. A problem of 12 years took less than a minute when it meets Jesus Christ. Because even though God is a God of process, but he's also a God of suddenly. I don't know how long have you been in that problem, but there is God who can suddenly intervene and stop that problem and stop that bleeding. The problem with a woman who is bleeding, it simply means it will be difficult for her to conceive. So which means her entire life is interrupted and all of her resources are channeled to one problem. And this problem is proven that it cannot be helped by men, even by the professionals of that time. So it needs God. Whatever problem that you are going through, it cannot be helped by men unless those men are sent by God. Now, the problem is that this woman cannot conceive. We don't know her age, but judging by her concern of not stopping bleeding, she might be at the age where she would have been wanting a child. But she knows that the problem will not make her able to conceive. So it is key that you diagnose your problem and diagnose it right, because when you diagnose it right, you will know where to get help. And if you can't get help, God will put people on their way and on your way that can refer you to the right person, just like they did with this woman. And then she touched Christ and her issue stopped, the bleeding stopped, because you cannot conceive if there is a bleeding in your life. Let's take it beyond biology. Let's bring it also to the spiritual dimension. If you continue to function and serve God with a bleeding heart, with the bitterness of the spirit, you will not conceive things that are coming from above. Because some of the things that makes people, even if they had a capacity to conceive but to miscarry, it's when they are conceiving from a womb that is scarred. If your womb has not properly healed, it cannot keep the seed that is sown in that womb. So healing is key because healing always comes between where you are and where you want to go. A similar example, even though it's a, not a conception, it was a circumcision because to women it's pregnancy, to men it's circumcision. They both bring a pain before the praise. Mm-hmm. God circumcises the last group of men that's supposed to get into Canaan. But the problem, he says to Joshua, you got to circumcise them, inflict pain for the purposes of separation. Sometimes people that are leaving us, we cannot deny the pain they leave us with, but when it is necessary, God will always separate those people because sometimes they are not for the next level of our journey with the Lord. If we keep them, they will keep aborting our destiny. But God says to these men after they are circumcised, wait until you you heal. So between you being where you are and where you want to go, there's going to be separation and it's going to be painful. Some of you delay your destiny because you want to keep the friends God wants to let go. 
It was the same problem that Abraham and Lot had. Abraham delayed her destiny by keeping Lot. And God said, let Lot go. And when Lot was gone, God says, lift up your eyes. As far as your eyes can see, I have given you the land. Sometimes it's the things we keep that closes our eyes. When we let them go, God is able to communicate us communicate to us the next level of our journey with him. Now, this woman is having a brand new lease in life, but can we look for a moment before I close at the flow of the story? The woman is 12 years suffering. The daughter that is dead is also 12 years. This cannot be a coincidence, but it is an alignment of God aligning the church through the woman because the woman metaphorically and prophetically resembles the church. So if the church is bleeding, it cannot keep anything. I wish somebody hears this. That is why as pastors, we cannot ignore the pain within our churches. If there's a pain that is reported, we have to attend to it. Because if it causes bleeding, that means every word we sow on a Sunday, because remember the word of God is typified as a seed. So every time we sow the seed, the womb cannot keep, because there is a continuous flow of the blood. So this bleeding must stop. When I talk about church, I'm not talking just about hope restoration, about altar ministers. I'm talking about the ecclesia, the called out company. We cannot keep hurting the people and make them bleed, but still want them to conceive. Could it be a coincidence that shepherds are not the ones that give birth to their kids, that give birth to the cows, that give birth to the lambs? It's the flock that does. So when we hurt the flock that's supposed to give birth, then the bleeding will always wash out the seed that we are sowing to the church of God. So the bleeding must stop. There's so much bleeding in the church today. You don't even have to be a forensic prophet to know it. You open your Facebook page, then you find the lot of controversies, debates, dialogues that are not building and edifying the church, but they cause feather hurting, they cause feather bleeding, and yet we cry for revival. We cannot cry for revival when we ourselves keep uh, tearing each other apart because for a conception to take place, the womb must be healthy. This is why when a seed hits the egg in the womb of a woman, the first thing that stops, it's bleeding because when the bleeding of a woman stops, it means there is a growing of life in the same womb. The bleeding stops, then the life begins to grow. But if the bleeding continues, it keeps flushing out the sperm. So sometimes we do not lack anointing, but we lack caring. I wish I can say that again. Sometimes it's not that we lack anointing, but we lack caring. Shepherding needs care. Preaching may need anointing. I'll say it again. Shepherding needs care, but preaching needs anointing. In other words, you can be the best preacher, but a poor shepherd. That is why you need to make sure you do a self-check. I'm anointed, yes, but am I a shepherd? I'm sorry to say, some of the churches were started on the gift of preaching, but not on the office of shepherding. That is why we cause more pain and more harm than we can imagine because we were full 
ruled by the anointing, but we were not cautious of how much we care. Have you ever heard a preacher boldly saying, I don't care how much you are hurting? How can you not care how much people are hurting? Maybe you can rephrase that better. That I know your pain, but there is a God who can heal it. My God, this woman touched Christ and the bleeding stops. Then there is hope that conception can take place. Twelve is a complete governance according to Hebrews numerology. It, it, It talks about total governance. It talks about apostolic. That is why uh, apostles were 12. Actually, we can trace it back from the tribe of Israel because Israel was a person before he was a nation. He was not a nation first. He was not a state first. He was a person who had 12 sons. Jesus Christ comes and picks up 12 disciples. The time is governed by a set of 12, 12 noon and 12 uh, uh, morning. So we live in a set of 12. So in other words, here in the scripture, we find a completion of cycle when a woman stopped bleeding and heavy and now being ready to conceive. May your bleeding stop. I don't know what has hurt you, but may your bleeding stop for the sake of your conception, for the sake of your product. I don't deny that they hurt you and they hurt you deeply, but don't nurse that womb. One of the dangerous things about pain, it can pay you. Sometimes when pain can pay you, you don't want it to be healed because it will rob you of the benefits. If your pain makes you to have attention, you would not like it to be healed because people who give you attention will leave you. However, know this, that when people are no longer attending to you, God will. Sometimes when you have a lot of people around you, you keep a far distance from God. You give him no chance to touch you like no man can do. Right. First of all, because of time, a 12-year-old girl is dead. Christ says she is asleep. You cannot defeat a problem you do not undermine. Let me say that again. You cannot defeat a problem you do not undermine. When everybody reports to Christ that the girl is dead, Christ says she is asleep. I'm giving you a tip that don't glorify your pain no matter how painful it is. If you want to defeat your problem, you've got to undermine first. David knew that principle when he attended to Goliath. Everybody was afraid of Goliath, but he came to him being a teenager and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who torments the armies of Israel? A teenager looking at a trained soldier, but knowing this secret that if you don't undermine it, you cannot undertake it. It's key that you undermine your problem. Minimize it so that you can exalt your God. Jesus is dealing with three important people in the picture of community and society. The man, the woman, and the child. The man, the woman, and the child. The man is healed. The woman is healed. The child is going to be healed. But look at this, that when men and women are consumed in their own problems, we leave our children to die. 
Let me say that again. When men and women are consuming their own issues, we leave children to die. Because it was in Christ attending a woman's issue that made a child to die. But praise be to God because Jesus is not a man. He does not have resurrection. He is the resurrection. That is why as I come to this daughter and call her by name, daughter, rise up. I know we love that one, but I love what is following. And when he said, give her something to eat, that brings me to think, could it be that this child died because of starvation? Why must she be given food after she got resurrected? Why Jesus does not say you must have been tired of the journey, go and sleep, says give her something to eat. Give her something to eat. One would think of bread, one would think of rice, but I think beyond that because this child could not starve in Jairus' house. Jairus was not poor. Therefore, the starvation might be that of spiritual principles. This child died because she never knew that Jehovah is a healer. This child might have died because she was never taught how to fight spiritual battles. She battled with something that killed her because she only relied on the help of her father. When her father could not help her, she died. But praise be to God because at least Jairus knew where to go when within his capacity could not help the child. He knew there is Christ. That is why authority must have somewhere it submits. Authority must submit to authority. No man, no one man can do all things. But when you are stuck, do you know where to go? That is very, very key. Now this child died. But praise God, Jesus rose here. Take principles. You don't take everybody to dead places, to dead people. You take the people you can trust. Jesus have 12 disciples, but he have three that he always took to tough terrains. James, John, and Peter, and the rest must remain outside with people. Your problem, everybody is around you, even those who attack your faith. You got to know how to live with the people that God brings around you. You got to know how to relate with the crowd. You got to know how to relate with the close, and you got to know how to relate with your core. You must have a core people that when things are dying, you can take them to that place. It's not for everybody. Because you need people who know you are capable of doing things without questioning your ability to do it. So as I close, we need a church that is going to be apostolic and prophetic by nature. That's not going to allow bleeding in the church. That's not going to allow children to die. Let us be honest, our Sunday school is going down in numbers. Praise be to God if your church has high numbers of uh, Sunday school. Do you know why? Because we have parents who are bleeding, who are hurting, to a point where they feel that I can't take my children to a place that hurts me. At least let me protect them. It's being parent to do so. Can the church attend to people? We don't deny your anointing, but how much do you care? How much do you care? At least if you know you can't care, have pastors around you who can do the job. 
Because people's lives are very key to God. Let me close there for, for tonight because we are having no liberty of time. But this bleeding must stop. God bless you. As I'm praying, maybe you're listening to me you just like this daughter of Jairus. Some things are dead in your life. You're just like this woman who's bleeding. You're just like this man who lost hope. His daughter is sick even though he might have everything that he could do. Bring it to Christ. How do you do it? Receive him in your heart as your Lord and Savior. Many have received him as a Savior but not as a Lord. What is the difference? When he's your Lord, he's your master. That means he masters your life. Father, I pray for your children. Whosoever is under their cough, my voice. Those who are bleeding, Lord, heal them. Those who are dead, resurrect them. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh Lord, I pray that even those who will hear this message later than now, let it, Lord, work in their heart. Let them find healing. Let them find revival. Let them find resurrection in it in Jesus' name. Can I pray with you if you want to receive Jesus Christ wherever you are? You can just lift up your hands where you are. Close your eyes if you like. You can keep them open if you like. And follow after me and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me all the sins that I have ever committed. Cleanse me with your blood. Tonight I decree and I declare, I am saving and born again. I am a new creation. The past has gone and the new has come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. What a word, what a word, what a word. Thank you so much, men of God. Thank you for allowing God to use you so mightily. Thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to use you in this amen. manner. You know, like I said earlier, God was shifting this whole interview to focus on family. Everything just fell back to family. Everything, you know. Uh, I like that you said denial. Um, delay is not denial. Mm -hmm. And I look at the time that we started on Facebook, you know, it wasn't, on, it wasn't a denial, you know. But God purposed for it that we only focus on you're listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station.